Big win. Big win. <laughs> Go Tulsa. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Golden Hurricast, a weekly podcast covering Golden Hurricane athletics at the University of Tulsa. I'm Ryan Token. I'm Matt Rectine. <laughs> Jesus, I'm Matt, and I'm Pat Fox. <laughs> That's an excited Matt Rectine today. Tulsa Sports had a really, really great weekend, and we'll get into that in some more detail in a bit. But man, it is so much more fun to win than to just consistently beat my head against the wall every week. Really excited to talk about some wins today, so let's get to it. Stay golden. Hurricane. All right, so we beat UConn. Uh, we were 18-point favorites that game, but way covered that one. I think the final score was 49-19. Is that right? Because they yeah, went for yeah. two after their last touchdown. Yeah. So, yeah, huge win. Finally got the win. Uh, we were all expecting it because UConn is pretty pretty terrible. Um, but it was awesome to finally be in the win column, uh, even if it was UConn. So, very happy about it. What are your guys' first thoughts on the game? Well, it's more than just like, so, yeah, we beat UConn, but, I mean, the way we did it, four touchdowns from Boomer, 470 rushing yards. Like, this is the kind of game that our offense needed. Like, the fact that we blew out UConn but only beat, like, Central Arkansas, like, is U- UConn's essentially an FCS team, I guess, at this point, is kind of what it feels like. Definitely. They insulted but, FCS. <laughs> the respected division. Yeah, but this was, this was a huge win, and I hope... Uh, and I would imagine that going forward, it pays big dividends on like the offensive side of the ball. Um, yeah, no, they definitely. I'd say I think we might be the only people who don't want Philip Montgomery to get fired. There's a lot of people out there, but if he would have lost this game, that'd been bad. Yeah, and right. yeah, they. It was a good thing, obviously, that they won and actually did it in a convincing fashion. Um, I mean, it was the first time that we had like a good offensive performance all year, really. Yeah, I think if, um, like you were saying, we don't want Montgomery to get fired, but had we lost to UConn, I think that it would have maybe changed my opinion. I still don't think we should fire him, at least not this year, but like it'd be hard to argue for him anymore uh, had we lost that one. But Great game from Tulsa. It was awesome. We did not lose. Um, a lot of great play from everybody on the offense, pretty much. The defense led up uh, you know, a couple plays in, that, in the first quarter, a couple big pass plays, which was surprising. Yeah. But overall, like, really didn't do anything wrong after that first quarter. No, really, after that 80-yard touchdown pass, they really just kind of got back to their usual selves and just kind of, I don't I say they are a shutdown defense, but definitely back to the bend-don't-break. Yeah, I mean, solid defense. we didn't give up any points in the second half until that, like, garbage-time touchdown, and that was, like, all our second unit. And so, yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, the fact that they were, the second unit was stepping up, causing turnovers, forcing, like, bad plays on them, that's huge. Yeah, Grant Sawyer had the fumble recovery and stuff. I know he's been in there, actually, with the first team sometimes, but he's usually not in there. Yeah, and there was, uh, I don't don't remember who it was, but somebody uh, broke up a pass, like, in the end zone on that touchdown drive. Nice. first, and that was huge, too. Yeah, it was everybody, man. Like, I think we had... Uh, we had five running backs get in there at some point. All of them had some kind of big play. Uh, it was Brooks and Taylor as usual, but then Javon Thomas was in there a substantial amount. Yeah. T.K. Wilkerson, the freshman, got in there. First career carry, a 79-yard run. 
That is awesome. And then uh, another freshman, Reed Martin, who's I think him, him and Wilkerson and Brooks and Taylor are all from Tulsa, so or the Tulsa area. So really cool to see all those guys get in there and make some plays. Um, always cool to see the local guys doing well. And then Boomer, you know, is from Collinsville, which is pretty much Tulsa area. And he had a great game, like 9 to 14. We didn't pass super often, but 9 to 14 for 168 yards and five total touchdowns, four touchdown passes, and he ran one in. Like everybody just was going off. I think, like, after we built a little bit of a lead, it was like, all right, we're going to take out all our frustration now from this whole season. And we played, oh man, it was just fun to watch for the first time in a long time. And man, it was well worth the wait. Well, you think about it, maybe not worth maybe not worth the losses, but it was not worth the wait. <laughs> it lived up to the hype I had going into the UConn game finally. Yeah. I mean really he should have had six total touchdowns. That, oh, that fumble in the first quarter. Yeah, that was like, <laughs> yeah. Just for the first quarter was very unfun to watch because we were down 10-0 by the end of it. Yeah. But, I mean, I've always said we're a second-quarter team. I've literally never said anything else. <laughs> um, and so once we turned it on, like, we put our foot on the gas and did not let go until it was over. Yeah, dude, it was awesome. I didn't, we didn't score in the fourth quarter again, though, which was, you know. Yeah, but, I mean, that. the fourth quarter was essentially three drives yeah. of just running out the clock because right. we didn't want to be, like, pretentious i don't know if that's the word no like rub it in yeah salt in the wound yeah yeah um i saw that fourth quarter two president got in for a little bit and then he got freaking hurt again yeah that's that was really sucks a lot that was the fear about him playing especially to get hurt in a situation like hopefully it's not bad or anything like that but to like come in in a situation where we didn't need to put him in i mean he's the backup but to get injured in that kind of scenario sucks. Yeah, a lot. it looked like it was his ankle, um, so at least it wasn't his knee again. Uh, but it still sucks. Like you just that guy, he finally gets in there for a little bit, and everybody on the team loves him. Coaches love him, and he gets in there. He was only in there for like three plays or something before he before that happened, I think. Um, so that just really sucks. I feel really bad for him. Um, but the small consolation prize uh, is that we got to see Davis Brin hand the ball off nine times in a row. <laughs> but we did get to see him in the game. Such good handoffs. I mean, really, just whoa, whoa. amazing technique. He also took a knee. <laughs> oh, did he? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So he he finished the game for he us. Sealed, he it he out. sealed the win. Yeah, so nice job, Davis Brin. Maybe you're offensive player of the game. Uh, but, yeah, it was cool to see him in there. Uh, gosh, and then, like, just everybody. You can list off pretty much every position, and there is, like, so many good things that happened. We had four touchdowns to four different people and then of the nine total completions that we had we had six different receivers catch the ball so just like spreading it out like crazy uh everyone did had a great game stokes had the touchdown he only had the one catch though um but still touchdown catch everybody did great the four touchdowns were johnson hobbs stokes and uh neff yeah, yeah. Like forget my boy. Yeah, right. Yeah, he had the great one. The 30 yard. He, he's yeah, number 38. 38, he yard, 38. 38 yard or 38. Yep, it was awesome. Can't be stopped. Yeah, and Boomer actually he had like a lot of really, really good throws. Like the one to Hodge oh, on the sideline yeah, is that's, so good. I mean, I think that's over the, the shoulder throw yeah. is like perfectly placed. That's the one Montgomery said post game. He's like, that's what sparks like our offense in the. Because like, that was like, I think, on that touchdown drive in the second quarter. And I don't know if Boomer had had any completions before that. So that might have been like his first like completion of the day. Nice. And then that just like sparked him to like go off. Yeah, hopefully that that honestly was more exciting. Or like looking forward, that was like probably like the most biggest bright spot to me is a throw like that. Because I mean, UConn sucks. You're gonna beat UConn, but if you can actually make big throws like that, no matter who's it against, 
tight on the sideline over the shoulder. Yeah, that was perfect. I mean, that's like something you want to yeah. see next season. A lot of his whatever. passes were great. Like the Hobbs one, the Keenan Johnson for the touchdown, even the short. I mean, we always, we've said that he's been struggling on like some of the short passes, but he hit Stokes like perfectly on yeah. the three. Yeah, yeah. Once. That was the great. One, I mean, the touchdown to Neff was beautiful too. Neff going in like the, not corner, but back at the end. Zone. Yep. Mm-hmm. This is just like, this is what we've been waiting for out of him. Like my brother is, my little brother is a freshman at TU and he walks to class and they walk across the practice field on the way to class. So he'll stop and watch um, the team and Boomer. And he's, that's what he says is like most of the time, his passes look great all the time. And then the game's coming. He's pressured or whatever. I don't know what causes I think, it. I think it's I think, pressure. Yeah, I think I think it's going like he said that the game's starting to get slower for him. Which oh, is did he good. say that? Yeah, he's okay. after it. And so this is what, this is his fourth start, right? He played uh, Houston. Houston was his first one. USF to lay in this one. Yeah, right? yeah, I think so. And so you would expect the game. He'd be you know he'd start to have improvement, and he's he said that, and it showed. Like, he only had 168 yards because we took him out, but that's all we needed. He was 9 for 14. Yeah, I mean, right. 12 yards per like, pass, that's great. And he had a bunch of, like, yeah, multiple 20-yard downfield throws. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so first time, I mean, first time he throws over 50%, and it's, like, a gem of a game. Yeah. So this is what, I mean, I don't really know. UConn's a really bad defense going forward. I don't, we're not going to play a defense as bad as them, but I don't think we're playing defenses that are, like, Amazing. Yeah, honestly, Memphis is next week, and they have their their defense is pretty bad. Yeah, uh, we're not gonna play anybody nearly as bad as UConn. No. We did. We got six hundred yards. Uh, Nate, yeah, Navy's <laughs> defense yeah. is bad. SMU's defense isn't really great. So yeah. I think the one thing, that, I mean, so they should they'll they'll know going forward. They're not idiots. Everyone's gonna be better on defense. But if you can take the confidence of this, and I think this could really release the ball quick, like we're saying, just don't let the pressure get to you. Wait, are we idiots because we're praising Tulsa? No. I was told on Twitter that we're not no, allowed that's to. That's true. Yeah. Shout out Lincoln Riley's beard. <laughs> um, yeah, who knew that facial hair could talk? Uh, but yeah, so really, we're, we're going to face much better defenses all year and next year. But I think it's just better if we can get more, uh, give him more time, or really, probably more likely, if we can uh, get the ball out quicker. That's gonna be the key. So, because once I mean, after you get hit like four times, you're just like, shit. Yeah, there do? was like that one in the fourth quarter, or first, fourth, in the first quarter where he just held it for probably five or six seconds and then got sacked. And it's like, I don't know if it's just the routes aren't weren't developing fast enough, but yeah, holding it on so there. So you can't hold. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you gotta you gotta escape the pocket or like you can't just sit there for yeah. too long. So, but definitely did much better after that first first quarter. So. Yeah, it was awesome to see. Um, then we had the two fumble recoveries on D from uh, who was it? Whitfield and uh, Sawyer, yeah. I think. Whitfield, oh yeah. Green, Green forced, forced it, it. Yeah. and Gibson forced the other one. And, and then, then uh, Keanu, Keanu Hill with the interception. Yep, it's awesome. I didn't see that one live because we were we left. Uh, I think that must have happened like right at halftime, or right after halftime. It was, um, I think it was their first. Uh, their first play of the second, first drive of the second half. Yeah, because yeah. it was freaking pouring down rain, and the, <laughs> that stadium, it was a, uh, I don't, you could probably see it on TV. There was like literally nobody there in the fourth, almost not literally, but almost nobody there in the fourth quarter, and it's kind of a bummer. But it was raining so hard, and we were up by so much already. So I feel bad for leaving because yeah. I normally stay the whole time. But Pre- pretty sure I'm gonna have the flu. Like <laughs> that's how. Like I wore a raincoat, and the raincoat that I I then learned. Uh, my raincoat's really good at absorbing water, not, <laughs> not repelling it. Right. So that was that sucked. Yeah, should have bought like a trash bag or something. Yeah. Oh well. We want to do our players of the game or? 
Anything else you want to recap there? I think that's all I got. Yeah, I mean, it was an awesome game. Yeah. There was nothing to talk about really badly. I'm going to talk about five factors, but I'll do that after we do the uh, players of the game. So Sounds good. Uh, all right, so let's do offensive player of the game first. I'm putting Seth Boomer as my offensive player of the game. I've been waiting for this one. Uh, great game, like we mentioned the stat line earlier. Um, four touchdown passes, one touchdown run. He did have the fumble um, lost, which, which hurts. But other than that, played a great game. Nine completions to six different guys, uh, which I loved. Love seeing it spread around like that. So Seth Boomer, offensive player of the game. You could go another way. He had uh, six guys caught nine completions. That's pretty nice. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah, This so this was like super tough to pick an offensive player of the game, but yeah, for the good reason this week, not the bad reason of like we didn't have great <laughs> offensive showing. Um, and so... <sighs> I want to hear it, Matt. I'm not. I know. I want to, but I feel like I have to give it to a running back. Uh, Just maybe that's my depressing stat is that. Do you know who I was thinking of? I know who I was thinking of. It's 100% you're thinking Colton F. Yes. Yeah. Um, And, I mean, he did have two receptions. He led the team in yards receiving and had a touchdown. And Of all the games. I know. But I think I still am going to give it to Shamari Brooks just because he led the team in rushing with 151 which isn't even half of the total rushing we had, which is amazing. But, I mean, he was going off in the second quarter, just like yards, 17 <laughs> yards, 16 yards, yeah. 30 yard run. It, would, it was huge. Yeah. And so he was a huge part of, like, sparking our offense, and so that's why I was giving it to Brooks. As much as I want to just give it to Coleman, <laughs> yeah. I think Brooks had a bigger impact. Dude, so many of his runs were like, he would get hit, and he would almost fall down. He'd catch himself with his hand on the ground and oh, was, keep, keep was, himself yeah, up. That was an amazing run. That he, happened a bunch of times. That it was, was awesome. in the second. In the second I think it was our first touchdown drive. It was like we it'd be third down and he would bail out the offense on the drive by forcing another first down. Yeah. Like so, a couple of delayed handoffs to him like that yeah. all worked really well. Like it's great. So he had a great game. I'm not scared. Cole Neff. <laughs> nice, we got one of them. So yeah, I mean who else on the team had a play that was the the yardage was the exact same as the number they were? That's unique. That's rare. Kellen, Kellen yeah, Stokes almost did. Oh, yeah, three yard. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's one yard too many. He did it. Um, so yeah, nah. Yeah, Cole Neff had a great game. One touchdown. I mean, nobody had more than two receptions. Led team in receptions and receiving yards. So yeah, cool. He had a great game. Yeah, I think I, I, it's hot take, but I think we probably lost the game. Cole Neff was hurt. <laughs> that is a very hot take. But he, uh, yeah, I, I believe it. I believe it. He's the heart and soul of the team. <laughs> he, he might be the heart of the team. Ah, uh-huh. wow, great great call right there. No soul call on Twitter is uh that's his Twitter handle. That's funny. So for defensive player of the game, I uh I honestly wasn't paying a ton of attention to the defense because I was like super excited that our offense was doing so well. Um so I had a hard time picking somebody on defense. No, nobody did anything like bad except for that first first quarter. Uh so I guess I I just picked Edmiston. Um one just because Mr. Primetime. Yeah, Mr. Primetime. He had a good game. Uh, Keanu Hill had the pick, and I but I picked him last week, and he's always really good. Uh, so is Edmiston, though, so I don't know. I'm just picking him because he had the 10 tackles and um, seemed to be everywhere like he normally is. So, Cooper Edmiston. I'm going to go with Travis Gibson. Damn it. <laughs> he had a sack and a forced fumble and an attack for loss. So, I mean, just, yeah, really good game for him. Still has a chance for that sack record. Um, I think he also three. He's like nine more, doesn't he? Yeah. He what has, is the record in the season? Eleven. Eleven. Yeah, he has eleven. He has two. Three. Three. Um, 
So, but and he also has like four four fumbles in the year, which is pretty good. And he had another one today. Uh, but he has had an overall good game and was getting pressure on the QB all day. So maybe Gibson. He's definitely a stud. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Um, I was gonna go Gibson, but I'll go Jacob Pugue. Nice. Um, he had that first sack and he it's had a deep one, take. Yeah, one and a half. He didn't. I mean, he wasn't the leader in like tackles or anything like that. But he had that first sack, which was huge, and one and a half tackles for loss. And so since Pat took Gibson, I'm going to you know, give some credit to Pugue. Was that Pugue's first game of the year? I haven't seen him at all all year. Yeah, I, thought, I feel like I've seen him. Maybe it's just been on special teams, though. Okay. Because we've definitely, like, I remember saying his name at some <laughs> point, but I don't know why. Could have just been because I saw it on the sideline. But, yeah. <laughs> he, had a, he had a good game. Um, and so this is, this is one of our better, I thought, games by our D-line. As much as they've kind of struggled throughout yeah. the year, this was still pretty. This was a good one. Cool for the most part. Special teams. You want me to start, or do you one of you guys want to start? I mean, this this was the hardest because our special teams like was almost never out I there. I know that's what I was thinking. We had, we had one punt. Nobody. I don't think anybody like ever returned a ball out yeah. of the end zone <laughs> right. either team. Uh-huh. Um, and so I was torn between two. We did have the one. Um, Sam Crawford made some stupid. Yeah, like, what was when it? he like he picked the ball up, walked out, and then stepped ah, back in yes. and yeah, kneeled. Right. But we got, got bailed, bailed out because the, uh, they said the ball was in the end zone, not touched before. So that was good. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. I'll give it to one ex NFL punter's son. Nice. I'll give it to Thomas Bennett. He had just the one punt, <laughs> but what a punt it yeah, was! Yeah, I know. 67 yards. Yeah, that's pinned. crazy, man. No, I thought it was pinned. Yeah, it was pinned inside the 20. I don't know why ESPN doesn't have that on the box score. It's kind of rude. But yeah, that was a great punt. Um, pinned them deep, and I'm pretty sure that was forced. We uh, caused a fumble on that one. That was green, caused a fumble on the next on that drive. Nice. So great showing by Bennett, even though, I mean, this is what we need to do, because I was worried about us getting him exposed by the amount of punching we had to do, so this is what we needed. Yeah. 67-yarder, man. That's crazy. Didn't we see some tweet about, like, when's... Uh... Some ESPN is like, this is the first time we ever did a I was, segment. Was token texted us because he was watching the UCF game. Oh, oh. yeah, what was it about? Like, and like this is the first time we've ever like talked about a punter's dad on on like, air. And yeah, it's like, you, did you not watch our <laughs> game last week? <laughs> it was on ESPN. Have you not watched <laughs> any freaking like a uh, Tulsa game? Yeah. What, what's that guy? What's his first name? Dad Bennett. What's Bennett's Darren? dad? Darren Bennett. Yeah, Darren Bennett. Every week, he's the star of the game. <laughs> they have a whole segment. Oh my god. But yeah, I'm gonna go with Bennett too for special teams punt of the game. Um, yeah, just one good punt. That's all you needed. I mean, the only other other person you give it to is Romo, and he just yep. hit a bunch of extra points. Yep, that's who I gave it to. Mostly just because uh, he's the man. I love that he wears two different color shoes. Uh, that's mm-hmm. cool. He didn't last week, so he did this week. Glad to see he was back. I know he re- made the return of the multicolor shoes. But also, I, I thought it was interesting that we had two kickers kick PATs, and neither of them were Nate. Well, who was the other one? Is he? Oh, okay. see, this is what I was thinking. One of the reasons I gave it to him was because he like he took six of them, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering now, like, is he's he not, totally not, replacing the field goal kicking field goal yet? I think I still think it's just for next year to get him in. Then why not? Not why not swap it now, right? Because well, because well, two on field goals this year. Yeah, and so at this point, you want to get him like as comfortable as possible with like kicking during while like maybe being tackled. Field goal situations might be a bigger deal because a PAT like is a lot easier to do, mm-hmm. and uh, I want to say like you don't want to miss a field goal, but 
kind of doesn't matter at this point. <laughs> he kicks it, it yeah. seems like. You got like a 47% chance to miss a field goal with Nate Walker. Yeah, but yeah, I think I think they're just going to keep doing it. Maybe maybe they switch. I don't know. UConn's kicker was really good. That made me wish. Yeah, man, he uh, hit time. like a 50-yarder and then... Michael Tarbutt. Yeah, I know. It's a really, really unfortunate name for him. I'm going to hope that it's Tarbot. It's Tarbot. It's a U. It's also two T's, so it has to be Tarbot. Yeah, it's definitely Tarbot. He's got a Tarbot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyways, we don't want to talk about him. Boo, UConn. Yeah. Boo, yeah. We want to do your five factors, Matt? I know you've been looking forward to it this week. Yeah, so instead of... I I said that I'm not going to do it anymore, but I lied because I'm still going to... Talk five factors, and it's way it's more fun this because, week because we yeah. did so well. And we had a, sp- we had a, <laughs> it's like a paradox right there. Uh, we we did have, I mean, it was essentially requested to talk about five factors. So thanks, Tulsa Hop. Uh, all right, so this week, amazing. That's all I'll say. Like from the get go, we're done. Like, yeah, five <laughs> factors, good. Mic drop. <laughs> yeah. Smack over the table. Anyways, so we won everything. <laughs> this is the first time we've won everything, and not only did we win everything, we like blew UConn out of the water. So we'll do efficiency first, just because that's the fun one, I guess. So you guys remember efficiency is just looking at every play, whether or not it's a success, five yards, or 50% on first, 70 on second, and convert on third and fourth. And just a note, um, I ignored garbage time. So those last three drives we had where we handed the ball off nine times and didn't get a first down, cool. doesn't really count because, I mean, essentially those were all successes because we were just trying to end the game. Yeah. so cool that we had garbage time. Yeah. I know. Yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah. It's actually it's the first garbage time like in either either direction like we've played in. Like every game yeah. we've been in has been close enough where there's no – oh, okay. Arkansas. Maybe Arkansas. Arkansas yeah. yeah, I forgot about it. I tried not to remember that game. <laughs> um, all right. So efficiency. First half. We, ha- we were 50% efficient, which is really good, especially like we've been averaging like 35-ish in the first half and just kind of overall. So one out of every two plays, we were doing what we needed to do. UConn, 27%. So we almost Dang. doubled their efficiency. Wow. Yeah, that was great. Especially like most of that was uh, second quarter. Like they were pretty efficient in their first couple drives, uh, but then they were really bad. <laughs> Second half, UConn and UConn was fifty percent efficient, which was really good, and I think part of that can be explained with I did include UConn's drives at the end because even though it was garbage time for them, they're still playing. They're right? still playing. They're still playing for like I, you can I wouldn't say the win because I don't know if that's what they're going for. So yeah, they were fifty percent efficient. So I was like, wow, that's that's pretty good. We were seventy eight percent efficient <laughs> in the second half. Oh my god, man! Like and so that's essentially only including. The drives up to garbage time, so that's just three touchdown drives. Like, <laughs> yeah, we had seven touchdown drives in a row, something yeah, like that. It was yeah. unstop. Like, just the night and day from like when I was compiling this in the first quarter, I was like, man, we're sixteen percent efficient yeah. so far. Then boom, four touchdown drives in a row really bumps up that number. Right. Uh, yeah. So overall, we were sixty-two percent efficient, which is like thirty-something points better. They're you know, like twenty-five, and they were forty-two. Jeez. So that's pretty good on them, and this was, I think we, we talked about this, is, was not a great defensive game. Uh, we didn't give up a lot of points, but just from a yardage perspective, I think it's like, we still gave up 400 plus yards, which is unusual for how we've been playing. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you can do that when your offense is just really good. Yeah, so we were more, we were 21% more efficient, 
which is huge. Yeah, that's, that's like, nuts, I mean, you're expected at that point, it should be a blowout. Right. And a blowout it was. Yep. All right, looking at everything else. Field position, we won. Explosiveness, we won. Turnovers, we won. Finishing drives, we won. We won all of them. Field position, we won by nine yards. And, I mean, I think it's because every time we kicked it off, they just started on their 25. Yeah. So we never gave – I mean, the you think to, the best field position they had, I think, is when they returned it to, like, the 27 maybe? No, they had it on the 43 one time. I don't know why. Yeah, me either. I think it, oh, no, that's when we went for it on fourth down and we didn't convert. Oh, got sacked. So, yeah, that's the only time. But, like, even when we're punting, boom, inside the 20. Right. No big deal. Yeah, that's awesome. Dominated field position. We started on the 33. They started on 24. Explosiveness. This was awesome. We averaged nine yards per play. (laughs) Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? 638 yards on 71 plays. That is awesome. They were 6.2, which is pretty good. Like I said, we gave up a lot of yards uh, just overall, but that's still... Almost three yards difference per play. Turnovers, that's easy. We had we had three, they had one. Well, we forced three, right. they forced one. So two point, I think that's the second time we've straight out won this season in turnovers. We've tied. Yeah. I don't think we've I don't know if we've lost it recently. Like even against Arkansas until then, I'm pretty sure we tied. Yeah. Ever since Boomer's come in, we haven't turned it over nearly as much. Finishing drives. Awesome. Could have been could have been better. I'll say we had nine trips inside the forty for seven touchdowns and two turnovers. Oh God. One of those being a fumble and one of those being when we went forward on fourth down. So we averaged five point four four points per trip and converted seventy eight percent of our trips. Jesus. They had six trips for two touchdowns, two field goals, and two turnovers. They were at, so they only averaged three point three three. So we were averaging two points more. Like Per trip inside the 40. Yeah. And part of that is like you don't actually, well, you don't have to like necessarily win the points per trip if you have a lot more trips that you're scoring on. We did both. <laughs> we destroyed them. Yeah. We won five factors. <laughs> right. That's, I mean, yeah, get out of here, UConn. Dude, it was just a dominant game. It was awesome. Yeah. And it's nice to see that as dominant as it looked, the numbers backed it up 110%. Right. Yeah, and more like percentage than is possible. It's crazy because if you're just like an outsider who doesn't know anything about Tulsa or UConn, you look at them and you're like, oh, you know, they're both one and seven. They both have twelve game FPS losing streaks. Probably gonna be like the garbage, you know, the whatever they call the the toilet bowl. Yeah, probably no, gonna be like that. Those UTEP and Rice. Yeah, UTEP and Rice yeah. was a, was a, like the American a, Conference toilet bowl. It was right? the exact opposite of Bama LSU. Yeah, and it was like, man, like we just smoked them in every aspect. Yeah, it just shows that. Even though we're both one and seven, we have a like, much like there's still bad. a huge gap right. between like UConn and where we are. Yeah. So. So yeah, I'm hoping we can carry that over a little bit. That's a good segue into the Memphis preview. Um, we've got Memphis this week. I don't know the time of that game though. I think it's an 11 a.m. game. So okay. Not prime time. Cool. So against Memphis, um, they are they've been good the last several years. They're having a bit of a down year this year though. They're two and three. In conference, in American conference playing, they're five and four overall. So not a, you know, not not terrible, um, but not as good as they have been in the recent years. They almost beat UCF. I think they lost by one point and could have easily won that game. Um, but that's they also have lost Tulane. I think they lost to SMU. Uh, who are neither of those are, are bad teams per se, but um, they haven't played SMU yet. Or did they lose to ECU then? Is that they beat ECU. They, they lost to Tulane and somebody else Navy. that's not great. Navy. Yeah, that's that's who it was. Um, and Navy's two and six right now, so 
just not having a super great year. Their offense isn't as good as last year because they were incredible on offense last year. They had Riley Ferguson and Anthony Miller. And now they have Brady White and no really great standout receivers. They do, though, have Daryl Henderson, yeah, scares, who is going to freaking destroy us. I'm, I'm very worried. He was on the Heisman yeah. list for several weeks this season already. And what's, um, what's he averaging at this point? I don't know. He's, his numbers have gone down a little bit, I think. Yeah, but, man, he was, he's a stud. And our run defense is not very good. But the thing is, like, their coaching, hopefully, will just keep throwing it super often because that's what they do. But if they look at our run defense, they're going to find out pretty quickly that they should just run it every time against I mean, us. With that he's, guy. he's still averaging 9.5 yards per carry. Yeah, he is, is a, he is a monster, dude. Yeah, we love 5.1 yards per carry against UConn. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, a lot of that was, I mean, we still don't know what to do with quarterbacks that can run. Yeah, and right. So, yeah. I mean, because he was... Yeah, he killed us. Uh, Pindell was, was, like, was running for, like, every, yeah. like, six-yard first down. So, yeah, in their defense, the, all the running backs had under four yards per carry. Yeah, so as long as Memphis can't run on QB, we can focus completely on Daryl Henderson, and he'll still probably yeah. beat us. Their quarterback is slow, so that's good. It's all yeah. it's going to be all Henderson. If we can stop do you, him, do we, we switch, win that game. Do, we, do you think we switch out of the 3-3-5? That's what I was just thinking. More people up top? Right. Like, for any game, this would be the one where it makes the most yeah, sense. Yeah, it would make total he, sense to take Because he can out. still beat us. Like, they can throw to him. He's, I mean, he only has 283 yards, but he averages 20 but yards that, per that, reception. That 50 back isn't going to be the one guarding him. It'll be like Cannon yeah. or Whitfield or something yeah. like that, you know? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's very worrisome to be playing a guy like that when that's kind of been the weak spot of our defense. Uh, but if we can slow him down, like, their defense is pretty bad. So... We, I think if we carry the offensive confidence we got from this UConn game into the Memphis game, we'll be able to score plenty. It's whether or not we can slow down Henderson. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty confident in our pass defense we'll be able to slow down Brady White. Yeah, he's been, I mean, White's been a good quarterback so far. He's like yeah. 64%. Yeah, he's good for sure. Uh, 20 touchdowns, only three interceptions. So this could be, I mean, this is the best quarterback we'll play for the rest of the year in our last three Games. Uh, ben Hicks for SMU has kind of turned it on recently too. Yeah, well, because they just beat Houston yesterday. SMU beat Houston, which is yeah, sucks for the conference. But. For UCF, yeah, but Pitt won, so that's good for UCF. Yeah, right. Pitt victory is going to carry into the playoffs. Yeah. Oh man, it sucks. God, they should have been higher ranked last year, UCF, because they had a much better team last yeah, year than they do this year. Better. Is Houston still in line to win? Are they still going to win the West at this point? They're in first uh, by a game, but over who? SMU and uh, Tulane both have two losses. Yeah, so they only have one loss. Have they played either of them? They've, oh, they lost. They, they lost to both of those two. Who? They no. Lost Tulane. Oh, Memphis did. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Memphis lost to both those two. Right. Yeah. Houston plays Tulane next week. I don't know. I think. Yeah. So this is going to be an interesting game for us, um, but I think we're going to lose. Really? Yeah. As hype as I am, <laughs> I just, I don't know. A team, Daryl Henderson just scares me that much. Like, Yeah. Unless we, like, game plan a lot for him. And if even if we switch out and we don't have five backs, I think that we don't stop White as much as we could. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think our, I think we're going to win it. And I was really conflicted on my prediction because it, it's like I was feeling like you. Uh, I would very much not be surprised if we did not win, but I think we will. I think our offense is going to carry over a lot of what we just did. Uh, I think we built a ton of confidence that game. 
Um, I think Memphis, they've scored 50 points or more in more than half of their games this year, which is terrifying. Uh, So I think it's going to be a high-scoring one. Uh, But I think our pass defense is going to be good enough to slow down Brady White and the rest of the Memphis passing game. So as long as we can contain Henderson a little bit, I think we're going to win it. So I'm, my, uh, my score prediction for this one is 42-38, Tulsa. I'll do same score, flip the teams, though. Okay. Uh, I'll go 35-33, I'll go Tulsa. Oh, got two on Tulsa's side. I can confirm the game is at 11 next Saturday. On ESPNU, prime On time. ESPNU, so... It- by default, it's prime time because it's <laughs> yeah. on national television. Cool. We want to move to basketball a little bit? Let's do it. Yeah. So we played Northeastern State in our exhibition game. So we've got some basketball recap to cover for the first time uh, in this podcast, which is super exciting. And it's hard to take any like really meaningful takeaways from an exhibition game. Because, you know, Any we're swapping out. takeaways except that we're going undefeated this year. <laughs> yeah. Except, yeah, well... Right we'll now, see. Alex Foray is on pace to average 20 rebounds per 40 minutes. Watch out. Watch out for that, man. What an award watch. Let's put forward it. <laughs> It'd be cool. Sorry to derail you, um, Token. No, it's okay. Uh, it was a fun one. Like, it was a lot of fun to watch. We swapped out five guys every time, so we were doing the whole, like, hockey swap. Um, but it was good because we got to see everybody, and that's what I wanted. I wanted that's to kind of get a lay of the land of the whole team and not just play who we're going to be playing. So I was happy with how he game-planned it for Northeastern State. Uh, it was fun to watch. We looked dominant, of course, but uh, it's hard to know how that's going to translate to real opponents. I mean, uh, hopefully, no Northeastern State people aren't listening. But Dude, there were, yeah, like, there were like four Northeastern State fans. I sitting, saw them there, sitting right next to Pat and I. Nice, yeah. So. so I don't know. It was a blast. Like, it was it was really fun. The starting five for this one, and I don't know if this will translate to Tuesday's real opener, but the starting five for the exhibition game were Sterling Taplin, expected Zeke Moore, kind of expected Igbanu. Very expected, Daquan expected. And then uh, the fifth one is the one that I think will be flexible for the first probably like 10 games until we settle on a final guy. But Darian Jackson started, and he played okay. He didn't have a bad game. He didn't have a great game. Um, But he's the one where I think it's going to be kind of flexible. He's like the unknown right now. I could see Curran Scott getting in there. I can see Jariah Horn getting in there. Um, Lawson Carita potentially. So I don't know. I don't know if Jackson's going to be the one to stick. Zeke Moore could also be on and off there. But those are the five for this game, and they looked good. Uh, Jackson probably looked the weakest of those five, if you guys agree. I don't yeah. know. He, the one thing he did look good on defense. Yeah, he's somebody um, was telling me he's like clearly our best defensive player. Uh, That's what. Jeffries. Yeah, hundred percent. I don't know. I mean, he's got the blocks and stuff for sure, and he also, looked great. Definitely. Also, it, not just blocks. He can like. He can guard one through five in college, probably. I don't know. He didn't look quick enough to guard like a point guard. I mean, he get well, he can hang with a point guard, not like a whole game, maybe. But yeah, um, I think Jeffries is. He probably is. Yeah, I see what you're saying there. He's definitely our best, Jackson. I mean, if you want to guard, if they have a really good point guard, I would want Jackson guarding him. Yeah, I could see Jackson as being more of like the if we do like the diamond and one kind of defense where we have a zone going on and then yeah. one guy playing man, he, he being that yeah. guy. If I wanted one guy to do a full court press like by himself, like one, I'd want Jackson. Yeah. Yeah, he just seems really, really quick, which is cool. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know who I think is going to start the next game. Jeffries is, I'd say by far, Jeffries is our best defender. Every single yeah. one of his blocks were ridiculous. 
And he was like, I mean, he was going with his man. He had a lot of good contests too, and he's a good rebounder on the defensive side. I, mm. He's the one who he jumped up for the block, and then the yeah. Northeastern State guy just didn't shoot it, <laughs> and then he still came down and blocked it after after he was on the ground. Yeah, yeah. dude, was, he is a monster. I'm so excited. The one thing I thought about him that game was that he just it just didn't look like he was super aggressive. I don't know if that's because it was Northeastern State and he didn't want to overexert himself or anything. But he's got, like, all the intangibles. He's a huge guy. He can shoot really well. Um, Crazy athletic. Yeah, super athletic. And so I I hope – I know that he's a really quiet guy in general, and I'm hoping that that the quietness doesn't, like, keep him from being super attacking. Yeah, I feel like he barely dribbled in the half court. Yeah, right. Like, he – like, all – I mean, so he had seven shots, five of them were threes, which is good because he's a really good shooter. But he – I don't think he drove once. I think all I think his two points was on a putback. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I want him to drive more. I want him to us to run more plays through him. Right. They probably didn't do it because they don't want to force a hand. But I mean, the most effective play last season was like a baseline cut mm-hmm. by Jeffries, just for like a crazy dunk. <laughs> yeah. Um. So a lot more of that this season. But yeah, he definitely needs to more needs to be more aggressive. Like, Falcon and Scott will not be our leading scorers this year. Yeah. Right. That's not, and I mean, they won't. Sterling Tackling won't play 16 minutes. Um, so, that, I mean, Alcorn State will be a lot more telling of how we actually play. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, one thing that I I think in the first half I noticed, and I was talking to Pat a lot about it, and then we noticed that it kind of changed in the second half, was we don't really move around if we don't have the ball. Like, everyone just kind of stands still and waits for the ball to get to them. Yeah, I saw that too, but less so in the second half, I think. Um, second half I saw there was there was a good amount of movement, but I definitely the first half was for sure. It was just yeah, a lot of standing. And that, around. That's the like I feel like the second half was a lot of a lot more was like the second unit was playing and maybe they were the ones moving it around, but I did not see a whole lot just from like the first yeah, guys. Right. It's I mean yeah. And I think it's definitely something I've noticed in the past is I mean because we know Frank Haith runs like a slower style offense and so we just kinda like pass it around until the shot clock is low, but it's like some of these times when you get like even even on that, they like will pass it again instead of taking like an uncontested three that they like generate. Yeah, and part of me thinks maybe that is was the plan for this game was just like let's pass it around, make sure we're getting everybody we can involved and trying to move people around like that. But I know, yeah, I see what you're saying. If that go, if that translates to real games, that's a uh, probably a, yeah, gonna be a problem. I'd want them like especially like Scott and Moore. You really want those two guys to have a lot of off-ball movement because that'll get them open shots. It's probably our best two, th- our two, our two best shooters. Yeah, dude. I saw. So I, I walked into the game like thirty seconds late after they had already started, um, and like while I was walking to my seat, I heard two Zeke Moore threes like right in a row, like right in yeah. a way, and then he didn't shoot the rest of the game, or like he he didn't do anything else, uh, like he didn't even put up any more shots. So. I hope he shoots more, but the first uh, the first couple of shots he took were very promising. But you're right. In the, se- the second half, they did a really good job to get Jeffrey's uh, three open corner threes. Yeah, he, nailed he, went, he went two for three on those. Yeah. yeah, and the third one barely missed. But so stuff like that, yeah, getting guys open shots like that. Um, I think we only had 16 assists, which isn't horrible. 50% of our shots were assisted. Um, but still, you start to guy like t- if you move around, I think Tap- Taplin for sure has the skill to find guys like. That's the other thing I noticed. Taplin had so much control of the game. Yeah. He would, it just, kind of, like football, but the game looked slow to him. He was reading stuff perfectly. Like, he wasn't affected. There's a reason they weren't pressing Taplin and they were pressing Joyner. Right. Um, like, Taplin can break a press by himself. Yeah. 
So that'll be like uh, it's interesting to see how like what kind of offense they run with Taplin, because he can do so much I think and get guys open shots and hopefully it's we play more like the second half. Right. Yeah, I mean we're not gonna play D two defenses all year, mm-hmm. so yeah. Yeah, something I am worried about, and I don't know if it's justified or not yet because we are, haven't seen a real game, but our, our two like main seniors are Taplin and Jeffries, and they're both pretty quiet guys. And so I don't know. You know quietness in general doesn't always or doesn't even often mean not aggressive on offense because I know Taplin's been great for years. So I am a little bit worried, though, that our two senior leaders are so quiet. I was kind of – I wish one of them was more vocal and kind of energizing to the team. So – Maybe that won't mean anything in the real season, but it is, it's just it's a concern like, I have right it's now. what I've heard is Taplin leads more from like a respect factor. For sure, like yeah. Everybody just super respects him, and like what he does go, like yeah. what he does goes, and he's kind of like the extension on the court or whatever, you know, from the coach. Absolutely. One, one thing I've heard from practices and stuff is that when he will be, like he won't be very vocal in practice, but like when he literally says anything, everybody stops doing what they're doing and listens to what he says. That's good. Yeah, I don't know who is vocal on this team if who played. I feel like Joiner's a little vocal. Yeah, that's what Haith has mentioned that too. Like he's mentioned that even as a freshman last year, Joiner was like a leader on the team. Yeah. So we'll see. I would like to see more lineups with they didn't play it all together, but I sure they'll change uh, Joiner and Taplin up at the same time. Yeah, um, for both, sure. Both good shooters. Both. I mean, you get two ball handlers like that out there. Um, and yeah, just yeah. That's the, I agree with you. The one main takeaway was or two, I guess. Lack of ball, lack of off ball movement in first half, and then is we need more aggression from Jeffries because he did everything else really good. Yeah, anytime he does anything, it was great. So we like just need he, him to do more. Like I think Matt, you pointed out during the game, like the best play of the game was Jeffries grabbed an offensive rebound, baseline pass to Jackson, then Jackson got Ibanu cutting down the middle. He caught the ball and dunked it. Nice. It was like the first. It was right after we were complaining about lack of off ball movement. Yeah, that's um, how it usually goes. Just complain all the time. And that's what Jeffries like. He, he does everything. He kind of starts chaos. Yeah. Like he has blocks. He had one block. Got the ball. Threw it down court to Zeke Moore. Yeah. Uh, for a transition layup. Had steal. Had seven rebounds. Three assists. Just like everything besides scoring, he did really well. Yeah. And he's just like a big, physically imposing guy. Like if he drives to the basket, he's everybody's going to be watching him. Yeah. And so that he's going to open up everything else. His one weakness is probably his ball handling. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. It's hard to tell, but yeah, I, that's what it seemed like. Yeah, it looked better than last year though. He looked tighter. He has huge hands. Yeah. So right. that should be, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, somebody. Yeah, like one, just like, I think when you have bigger hands, it does help with ball handling. Um, just kind of keep a tighter handle. But we'll see uh, if that does translate to the season. Because, I mean, like we said, he probably should average easily double digits per game. Yeah, I think so, too. So where's your – is your faith in Haith meter? Probably I don't probably hasn't changed much since, since the exhibition what thing. What was it last yeah. week, like a Christmas Easter Catholic? Yeah. yeah. That's where it is right now. I think so, too. I'm, gonna say, I'm, I'm feeling good about my um... – hey, Oh, sorry. Last time I checked Frank Haith, it's still Frank Haith. Um, so the no, just, but he's an older Frank Haith now because his birthday was. Still Frank <laughs> it's true. Happy birthday, um, Frank Haith. Yeah, my faith is in the same place it was last week too. So yeah, it's all we're all we're all same place last week. Going into the first real week though. Yeah. Going. Um, I'm doubling down on my. Uh, was it was a newcomer? What, what, Falcons. Huh? Yeah. What what did I give him? Breakout player. Breakout player. Yeah. Doubling down, oh. dude. He shot a thousand. So. Oh yeah. No big deal. Nice. And he was the only one who made all his free throws. Because we were... Kern Scott did. My yeah. breakout player, who had more points than your breakout player. <laughs> yeah, but your breakout player only shot 63%. So. 
I could see if Alec can... We, we missed too many free throws, though. I didn't like seeing that. Yeah. I um, mean, maybe it's because the guys who are out there were not our better shooters getting fouled, but, yeah. I mean, I think you should be shooting, like, 75%. Yeah, what was At it? Jeffries had zero attempts. Finally, last year, though, we were like actually a pretty good free throw shooting team for the first time in a long time. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. like, I remember the days back when we had like Dirty Lou and we were like <laughs> yeah. really bad at free throws. We probably so. shot like 68.5% that yeah, year. It was, it was awesome. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll double check if it's 65.8, but well. 68.5. Rounds up to 69. Um, to go into my nice stat of the week, <laughs> we shot 69% from the line. Not good. But we also shot 69% on two-point field goals. Very good. Yeah. And if you, I don't know if you whoever watched the game out there, a lot of our two-point shots were layups or drives of some sort. Um, so it was good to see. Yeah, not a no, lot, not a lot of bad, bad shots. Yeah, it'll be fun to see what happens. We've got Alcorn State on Tuesday. Um, it's the home opener, and it is on ESPN3, which does not count as being on real TV, but... If you have the ESPN app, I guess, then you can watch it. Or if you're season ticket holders like us, see you at the game. Yeah, we'll see you there. It'll be awesome. I can't wait, man. I can't even after just watching that exhibition game. I can't help but be super, super today? excited for this game. Uh, yeah, um, I just came up with one. Uh, I think we'll win it. Eighty-five, seventy-one was my guess. Only win by. I don't know. Fourteen. I honestly don't know how yeah. to predict like scores for basketball games. <laughs> it's definitely harder than like, football games. Yeah. Because there's, like, so many points. Um, I'll say I think we win 82-62. Uh, I think our defense looked pretty good. I kind of look at the stat, but I think we held, I mean, once again, Division two, but they shot 31% from the field. Yeah. And 21% from three, which is can sometimes be completely random because we shot, like, 32%, but I noticed we were contesting a lot of threes. Yep. Yeah, the only reason I put it as, like, you know, a 14, I don't, I, I only have us as 14 point winners is because one, I don't really know anything about Alcorn State. And so I don't want to predict that we're going to freaking blow them out. Um, but they are, they're D1, they're in the Southwestern Conference. I don't know who else is in that. Prairie View, Mississippi Valley, ASU <laughs> Hornets, Grambling State, Jackson State, Texas Southern, AR Pine Bluff, okay. Alabama A&M, and Southern Yeah, Union. so we've played a couple teams from them. And right now they're first in the Southwestern Athletic League Conference. Why? Because their name starts with an A. Oh, <laughs> yeah, okay. Makes sense. So, hey, there you go. That's why. Well, That's why I'm the leader team in scoring that game token. Um, Taplin for yeah, game one. Yeah, I'll say Taplin too. I'm going to say Jeffries. I hope it's. I hope it's Jeffries, yeah. but I think it'll be Taplin. Do you think Taquan Jeffries averages five blocks a see this season a game? Averages five blocks a game? No. <laughs> <laughs> that, would, I mean, that would be incredible. Seven. <laughs> yeah. Seven. Right. I think no. it's two. Two a game or it two. Be really game. good for like a wing player. Absolutely. Yeah. I would. Two would like if he plays anything like he did last game. I mean, I was he, how many did he have in the exhibition game? Do you know? Five. He had five blocks. Yeah. 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 Dang. And, I mean, I will stick by this until the end of time. Daquan Jeffries, maybe not next year, he'll probably be in the G League, but he'll be in the NBA within two years. I don't know. I think he could go straight there instead of G League first. You think so? It depends on the season, of course, but he's got, he's got the size for it. He's Most people season. who go to G League first are because they're small and they want to prove that they're, they can uh, do it as they're small. Uh, no, there's, a lot of, there's plenty of big guys. I don't know. The one thing against him is his age. He's kind of older. NBA teams want, like, you know, younger. Like I guess so. They yeah. do, yeah. No, they, if, if you're the older you get, like every year you get older, the less likely you'll be drafted. Is that right? Yeah. Like you, you want like, I guess that makes sense. You want like a 19 year old who can have control? Yeah, no, trust me. Yeah. Oh, like that's why freshmen no. always get drafted first. I get it, yeah. 
So, but if Jaquan Jeffries has a really good year this year, I could see him being a second round pick. Yep, me too. So Alcorn is predicted to finish seventh in the SWAC. Okay. Swack. Out of twelve, probably, or out of ten. Ten. Um, they're okay. they're only returning one starter. Dang. And then ten letter winners. Cool. So, Maybe we will blow them out then. It'd be nice. They have five JUCO transfers. Yeah, it's always hard to tell what those guys are going to be like. What the website says. Cool. So, looking forward to it. It's going to be awesome. I think we're going to win. I think we're going to win eighty-four to eighty-nine, sixty-seven. Cool. So that's what seventeen point. So right in between you guys. Yeah, I think so. We play South Carolina next Friday. South Carolina State. They are uh, the Bulldogs, I think. Um, is that on TV at all? Or is that a home game? It's home. They're both home games. Cool. Yeah. Do you see what we've <laughs> lost three out of our four last home openers? Is it really three of four? I know that we've lost we several, but so that we're, sucks. Yeah, so but we, we're, we've won 38 exhibition games in a row. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's all that matters. So we're favored. We have a 93% chance to win the first game according to ESPN. 93.3 for specific. And yeah, I think I, it's, I like specific news. Thank you. Um, and 95.6, I believe. I yeah, South, South Carolina State looks like they're going to be worse than Alcorn because they're supposed to be like 10th in the MIAC. All right. I don't, I don't know if the MIAC is a big... I'm going to call it that. Well, hopefully they both... Hopefully we blow them out and they both win their conferences. So we got some of those tournament team wins for our resume. Yep. We got plenty of chances for big wins this season, we though. We do. It's weird. We go okay. So one, I'm like super confused by this because it says we have Alcorn State, South Carolina State at home. Then it says Continental Tire, Las Vegas Holiday Invitational, and then under that is two more home games and then games in Las Vegas. So do we play home games for that no. before, or are they just like we're the home team in Vegas? We're the home team in Vegas. Yeah, but yeah. So I think we'll win South Carolina State, uh, ninety to sixty. I'm going to keep doing 67. Okay. Uh, I don't have any kind of good prediction for this. It was literally just me pulling numbers out of my head. Um, I guess I will say a good uh, 91. Matt is pulling them out of me right now. 91 to uh, 91 to 70. Dude, that's a high-scoring game. I don't know about that. Uh, anyways, we, we'll, we'll move on. <laughs> uh, 85-53. Tulsa wins. Okay. Cool. Cool. All right, so we've got some segments, but they're going to cover both um, football and basketball now, so we can pick from kind of either one we want. Uh, but, Matt, do you have a depressing stat of the week this week? It was a very exciting week, so it's hard to have one. Pat, hit me off. Matt's depressing stat of the week. Yeah, so I will always have a depressing stat of the week. Like, right. That is not a question. Cool. But my depressing stat of the week is actually kind of a fun one this week. Um, and so it's really just I'm sad because <laughs> Colnaf did not have four touchdowns. He only had one. Yeah, it's true. So that's my depressing stat. It was a beautiful that, one, though. Yeah, so depressing stat of the week is we didn't score even more against you. Yeah, that's a good depressing stat. It's a fun one. Uh, cool. My, uh, my tweet of the week, I tweeted about this uh, right before we recorded, or a couple hours before. There were so many awesome tweets during that game. It was really funny to read through them all, and I loved a ton of them. Ton to pick or tough to pick one. I ended up picking a uh, at Tulsa Hop again. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod, Tulsa Hop. Friend of the show. Um, he had a great one. This is literally exactly how I felt during the exhibition game, and so I uh, I actually retweeted this on my personal account because it was it was, it was great. It says me one hour ago. 
All right, not going to overreact to an exhibition game. Lots of new guys. There's going to be growing pains. And that was a couple hours before the game. Uh, then he said, me at halftime. All caps, we're going undefeated! <laughs> and I felt the exact same way. It was like I had those expectations going in. I was like, don't get too excited. It's just an exhibition game. None of this means it's going to translate well to the real games and stuff. Uh, but my God, I was getting so pumped during just an exhibition game because of all these guys that were doing well. Like Zeke Moore did not disappoint at all. We had we put pretty high expectations on him. Jeffries played really well whenever he tried to do whatever he was trying to do. And everybody else, no one, no one was really like worse than I expected. So it was very exciting. I know I should not be as excited as I was from that game, uh, but I am. So I sympathize with your tweet did, at Tulsa Hop. Did you see the bad take from that uh, UConn guy talking about how like UConn has to play Tulsa and Tulane in basketball just because they, yeah. have, they have a football team? Yeah, I know. <laughs> like we have a better you, record than them. If you, obviously, if you follow Tulsa Hop, his name on Twitter is literally Tulsa's five and four all time versus UConn. Yeah. That guy felt pretty stupid after that. <laughs> I know. It was so funny. Him and uh, the Tulsa Hop guy and then the Catch-22 yeah. dude were both getting all over that Russell, whatever his last name was. The Steinberg? I, I think so, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, really funny. Like, uh, I hate... God, UConn is so cocky. Them in Cincinnati think they're so much better than everybody else in this conference. It really pisses me off, but uh, so it goes, I guess. Uh, and we did not do bingo this week because we had a home game. So... Are we just? We should just probably stick with bingo on away games. Because otherwise, yes. we can't really keep I up with it. I did not forget. Yeah, it was intentional. Yeah, that's what we'll say. It was intentional. Right. But we would have had bingo. It is harder. We I mean, retroactively set it so that we had. Bingo. Yeah, it's just it makes more sense for away games, anyways, because yeah, then everybody's watching, watching on, on TV. TV. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll go with that. Um, move to shoutouts. We have any? I have a couple. You had some. Yeah, yeah. they're probably the same one. That I was going to say. Yeah, go. So, the shout-out I have, and you can take the other one, I guess, if, if they're the same, but um, Tulsa men's soccer beat number 19 UConn 2-1, which is awesome. Always cool to beat a ranked team. I know Tulsa soccer teams have been really good for a long time. Uh, but a win over a ranked team is never, uh, like, never boring. So, happy for Tulsa soccer. Nice job beating number 19 UConn. Yeah, we hate UConn this week. Yeah, Ooh, absolutely. UConn. It was Ooh. UConn hate week. Okay, I assume your other shout-out was going to be about uh, volleyball? Yes. So you can take that one. Okay. Um, so they've only played one game because as of recording, they're currently playing Cincinnati. So boo Cincinnati, yeah. but we won't know if they won. But uh, believe it or not, they won again because they can't be stopped. Beat ECU at ECU. Uh, move to 7-7 seven and seven overall, 9-3 and three in the conference. Nice. So... Are we second conference right now still? No, I th- we're probably still third because, I, I mean, I guess it depends on Cincinnati today because Cincinnati's, oh. like, I think Cincinnati's number two behind nice. Central Florida. That's a big one. So this is a big game. Uh, excited to see it. And they've got only five more games left. Cool. But, yeah, two more at home. So let's see if we can wrap up the home side of the schedule as dominant as it has been so far. Sounds good to me. Anything else or are we going to call it here? That's it. Called it. Alrighty. Um, if you have feedback for the show or anything you want us to talk about, you can connect with us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We are at Golden Hurricast. Or you can send us an email to thegoldenhurricast at gmail.com. Uh, remember to subscribe on your podcast app so you never miss an episode as well. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll talk to you next week. Stay golden. <laughs>
Can we redo that? Her in the ass. I don't want that. Uh. No way you heard the fart in there. Yeah, 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 yeah